Okay, Steve, I'm going up to Westchester. I won't be back for a couple of weeks. Or maybe never. What is up in Westchester? What? It's a school for gifted youngsters. A school for gifted... Why are you going to a school for gifted youngsters? Look, I know I'm 52 years old, but I'm young at heart. And I think I'm a mutant. Why would mutants be... Oh, shit, is this that school? Yeah, this is the mutant school it's like for the, youngsters. It's so. like the Harry Potter school, but for mutants. Right, and I got a mutant power, and so I'm going to go there what? and become an X-Man. What, what is your mutant power? Well, about every three to four hours, I, I excrete liquid. Are you talking about, like, peeing? Like, you going to the bathroom? What? We are the future, Charles, not them. They no longer matter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show, we take a classic movie and see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, its reputation for the movie is good. Right, Steve? (laughs) I love how carefully worded that is. Yes, the movie's reputation is very good. And the director's reputation? Not very good. Not at all. No. (laughs) It turns out, funny, funny story, he's a monster. Mm-hmm. He's a horrible, horrible monster. Speaking of monsters, what what movie are we reviewing? We're reviewing that um, early film of the current superhero renaissance from mm-hmm. way back in the year 2000. The year 2000! That's right. Thank you, La Bamba. The year 2000! <laughs> ah, Conan jokes. I love them. We're, Yay! We're talking about... 20-year-old Conan jokes. <laughs> They're the best. We're talking about well, X-Men, the first oh. X-Men movie. Not Wyman? No, not Wyman, not Bill Wyman of the Rolling How about Stones. <laughs> <laughs> and not J-Men Forever, although that would be no. a fun one. Uh, mm. X-Men. We're, yay, X-Men. Hey, Steve. Yes. Hey, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any trivia for X-Men? I thought you were going to ask me that, so I did look up some trivia about it, yeah. Hooray! I, I have some trivia about this movie that I don't think anybody knows. Like, for instance, uh, did, yeah. did you know that this was based on a series of comic books? Shut your This mouth. was not actually Shut an original. Shut your dirty. How dare you use my platform <laughs> to spread your filthy <laughs> lies. Here's, here's, a, here's, a, here's a real piece of trivia. Okay. Um, at the time of filming, neither Patrick Stewart nor Ian McKellen knew how to play chess. They had to bring, they had to bring in a chess expert to teach them how to play chess for their scene at the end where they play chess with each other. What? I think because their brains were both so full of Shakespeare, they didn't have no time for no chess. <laughs> their brains were full of Shakespeare. Their brains were just crammed full of Shakespeare. And that they never learned how to... They never learned chess. It's like how when you, you read that Sherlock Holmes story and he tells Watson that he didn't know that the earth went around the sun. Mm-hmm. And Watson was like, how can you not know that? You're a genius. And he was like, there's no reason I would ever need to know that. So it's okay. like that, but with Shakespeare and chess. Well, that was... That's my theory, anyway. Yeah, okay. Okay, so here, you, you want you want to know. That makes me sad. Well, but I now, thought but they, they were brainy but, British guys who knew how to play chess and they wore monocles but they know how to play now thanks to being in this superhero movie that's a lie (laughs) they don't they moved some pieces around a board they didn't learn jack shit for what's in this movie i love how you went from being sad that they didn't know to being utterly committed to them not knowing they don't they don't know 
don't tell me that they yeah they really boned up and became chess masters for the two and a half seconds they're seen actually playing chess. It's not. They don't. Well, they're, they're, they're just a couple of dumb British guys pretending to be sophisticated. I bet God it wasn't. Even, it. I bet it wasn't even really their hands that were moving the no, chess pieces. No, they had they had body chess playing body doubles in there. <laughs> chess double for Mister Stewart. Chess double for Mister McKellen. <laughs> Um, I, I move the horsey thing. Yes, move the horsey thing. I move my horse's head here. <laughs> I could hear Ian McKellen saying that in his Magneto voice. <laughs> horsey head to this square here. Um, also, another little bit of trivia. Uh, the, the mansion that is used as the location for the Xavier School is a very popular filming location. It has also been used in the TV series Smallville and Arrow and the movie Billy Madison, which is not superhero related. Great. So I know you're a big Billy Madison <laughs> fan. I know that's one of your favorites. You're you're a big you're, I don't I've never seen you're it. You're a big so fan I of can't. early Sandler. You don't like the later Sandler. You're I, like yeah I, oh, you, I saw you're the like water Bill, boy. You're like Billy Madison, <laughs> Happy Gilmore, anything after that and I'm just done with it. I just saw the previews and said, I'm a grown man. I don't need to see that fucking shit. <laughs> Let me guess. He talks in a funny voice for an hour and a half. <laughs> he gets angry. He screams a lot. He gets really angry at a couple of times, and that's it. He's a violent sociopath. <laughs> I don't need to spend time with watching that <laughs> he, shit. He's an aggressively hateful man-child who has several dangerous <laughs> tantrums. <laughs> well, great for the mansion, I guess. Oh, yeah. Hey, do you have anything that isn't super boring or just bummy? Um, I have something that's kind of interesting. Okay, yay. Okay, so um, despite being popular enough with both fans and critics to spawn a long-running franchise and to help rejuvenate the superhero film genre in general, X-Men barely finished in the top 10 at the global box office this year. Mm. Um, among the movies that outgrossed it were Mission Impossible 2. Okay, that was a big hit movie, right? Mm. Gladiator, that ended up being kind of a big deal. Oh, Gladiator. Castaway. Lots of people saw Castaway, right? Mm -hmm. What Women Want, starring starring someone else who has a terrible reputation because they turned out to be a monster. <laughs> um, and the all-but-forgotten Disney movie, Dinosaur. Can you, believe dinosaur. That, can you believe that Dinosaur, a movie that nobody even remembers, outgrossed X-Men at the worldwide box office? That's, that was surprising to me. But, but we oh, no, help. But we, help. The... the the, the, the studio didn't make as much money as it could have because it got beaten out by Dinosaur. But we ain't sitting here talking about Dinosaur, are we? We're talking about X-Men. Nobody's talking about Dinosaur. Nobody's talking about Dinosaur. <laughs> People are talking about Dinosaurs. Yeah, but not Dinosaur the movie. The short-lived TV sitcom by the that's Henson true. Company. Yes, that's true, yes. That gets a lot more discussion than, than the Disney movie Dinosaur. Right. Okay. Well, that I, was great I don't trivia. Think, I don't think the Dinosaurs in Dinosaur even had jobs. <laughs> okay, we're not and talking like dinosaurs. About, we're like, not, you know, they we're had, the only ones talking about dinosaur at this point. Earl worked now. for a, for an oil company. You know, like they had jobs. Did he? Yeah. Or no? Or no? No. He he worked for he he knocked down trees. Right. But but no. But they but the the name they they the uh, the characters were named after they were the named after a companies. gas company. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Sinclair, get it? Yeah. Yeah. Get it? You know, the last episode of that show is really depressing. Yeah, because everybody's gonna die. Everybody's going to die. You see the little dinosaur family huddled around each other. They're going to freeze to death and fucking die. Also, that show is scientifically inaccurate, and for that reason alone, I refuse to watch it. 
<laughs> it was a reverse fucking Flintstone. Someone just said, what if we made the Flintstones except the dinosaurs were the people? And the people were there. I mean, there were people in it, right? I think, yeah, there, there were, were cave people, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Why are we talking about, why are we doing this? How did we get here? Because I mentioned that Disney's dinosaur outgrossed X-Men at the box office. Okay, do you have any other That's the. Please? That's it, that's all I got. <sighs> Wait, I, I do, do I, I do have another one. Okay. Did you know that despite being called the X-Men, some members of the team are actually women? Okay, you know, you can be, your, your segment's done okay, now, honey. Okay, it's okay. okay. Okay, okay, Yes, we're aware that some of them, like one of them, two of them, were, were with did, did you know that Hugh Jackman's character is not actually a Wolverine? What? He, yes, I know that too. He's a human, it's, and Wolverine is just his nickname. It's his code, it's his code name, dearest. Okay, okay. I'm done now. We all kind of, we picked that up. I'm done. Okay, great. Can I do, can I do mine now? Yes. Of the Who Mades It? Yes. Great. Let's find out who made it. Okay. 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 It was directed by Brian Singer. You know him for the 1997 um, uh, accusal of uh, raping a minor. Oh, no, no, no. In 1997, he's accused of having 14-year-olds in the nude on the set of apt pupil for his own sexual gratification. Uh, you, have to, you, have also, to, you have to keep these straight, you know. There's Yeah, no. Two counts of being accused of... Uh, Sexual assault on a minor in 2014, a single, uh, another one in 2017, and then in 2019, a report from the Atlantic in which they found four more victims. He's a monster person, and I don't know why he's not in jail. Do you know why he's not in jail? I don't know why he's not in jail, and more to the point, I don't know why they keep letting him make movies. I don't know, because he makes your favorites. That's why, Steve, but, he makes your favorite movies. Live with that, Steve. But he shouldn't be allowed to it. do that anymore. <laughs> they shouldn't keep paying him lots of money to do that. Because I'll have to go see them and like them. <laughs> why? <laughs> Screen Bad play by David Hayter. And uh, he also worked on X2 and Watchmen. But most people know him as the voice of Solid Snake from the Metal Gear Solid games. Story by Tom DeSanto, and he's helped write all of the Transformers movies, so now you know who to throw food at if you see him on the street. And also Brian Sanger. Based on X-Men by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Do I need to tell you who those people are? No. If I do, I don't... I don't you're... We don't have a lot in common. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> Produced by Lauren Schuler Donner. Guess who she's married to? I'm going to guess Richard Donner. That's right, Richard Donner. And she's produced movies like Deadpool and Pretty in Pink and Free Willy 3. Man. Oh, look, Ganorka or whatever they're going to call I don't know. Why couldn't Richard Donner have directed this movie instead? <laughs> also produced by Ralph Winter who helped produce Star Trek 3, 4, 5, and 6, and also the Fantastic Four movies, and Inspector Gadget. So he's he's not guiltless. He's, <laughs> you should have stopped at Star Trek, Ralph. <laughs> Starring Huge Jackman. No, Hugh Jackman as Logan. And you know him. He's he's low. He's Wolverine. That's yeah. That's that's you know. It's pretty. I mean, he's been in some other movies. He was in that weird, that weird magic movie. Oh, the Prestige. Nicola, the Prestige. Yeah. Yes. And also that horrible musical that came out a couple of years ago. What was it? The World's Greatest Show. Oh, where he where where he played P. T. Barnum. 
Yeah, where he played the nicest P.T. Barnum, and um, he was in that Les Miserables yes. movie. Yes. Hey, Steve. Yeah. He was not the first choice. <gasps> he wasn't? Yeah, he wasn't. Do you know who, who was first invited by 20th Century Fox who? to audition for the role of Wolverine? <laughs> who was first invited? Glenn Danzig. Ah, because, <laughs> because somebody had been reading Wizard Magazine. And the comic nerds were like, they should get Danzig to play Wolverine. And the studio execs mm-hmm. were like, fuck it. Yeah. But then they offered it to Russell Crowe. And he was like, no, but hey, how about huge Jackman? And <laughs> and there were others that they don't want to bring up, like uh, Viggo Mortensen. And they was like, hey, Viggo, you want to come and, and view? How can anyone stand to be around this creepy weirdo? But Singer's like, hey, you want to see storyboards and stuff? And he's like, sure. How many people are holding Singer's secrets? That's what I want to know. How many of them are like, I can't let my career end because I kept my mouth shut. If you kept your mouth shut, your career should end, you sons of bitches. That's what I'm saying. Got, yeah. I don't know who Doug Ray Scott was, but he was cast. I remember hearing that. Yeah, he wasn't. He's never been like a huge star, but he's been in a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he had to back out because he had scheduling conflicts with Mission Impossible Two, and so Huge Jackman wasn't wasn't cast as Wolverine until they were three weeks into filming. So he had to can catch be- up. Can you believe it? <laughs> and now he's like one of the most iconic superhero actors ever. Yeah, he's going to be hard to replace, isn't he? Uh-huh. It's going to be interesting to find someone who can, you know, carry his water. Good luck. I mean, let's face it. <laughs> Batman's just a fucking suit. It doesn't matter who you put in it. It's Batman. You cram just any dumpy actor into that fucking muscle suit and it's Batman. But you can't do that with Wolverine, can you? No. No, cuz that you have to have naturally occurring claws that come out of your fist, <laughs> and only a few people have those. Also starring Patrick Stewart as as Charles Xavier. Do I? No. Ian McClellan as Magneto. You know what he's been in. Apparently, neither one of these fake-ass fuckers know how to play chess. This has ruined the movie Lies! For me. It's nothing Thanks, lies. Thanks, you, you freaking movie ruiner, you. Next, you're going to tell me that Patrick Stewart can't really read minds. Also, Brett Morris as young Magneto. Who cares? <laughs> I hope he got away. How about that? Oh, you got to say that. Yeah, that's. I hope yeah. he's fine. Yeah. I hope he's okay. And I'm going to say that about any child because this is, after all, a school with tons of children. Yeah, there were a lot of child actors in this. That's. that's Doesn't make your skin crawl at great. all, right? That's great. Mm-hmm. Femke Jensen is Jean Grey, and you know her from GoldenEye. She's the lady with the deadly thighs and the faculty, and she's the mommy in Taken. James Marsden is Cyclops, and you know him and uh, with other collaborations with the child molester in Superman Returns, but he's also been in The Notebook and Enchanted. Halle Berry is Storm. You know she, what she's been in. Catwoman. Yeah, that's her, really the highlight of her career. <laughs> Not mentioning Monsters Ball ever. You were in Catwoman. <laughs> Anna Paquin is rogue, and you know her as a little girl in the piano, and nude, fucking everybody that moves in the series True Blood. Remember that? Got, no, it's okay. You gotta make a it's living. About, it's about vampires. Um, I got lost. Tyler Maine 
As Sabretooth. Hey, Steve, what does he do? Sabretooth? Yeah, no, Tyler Mate. Oh, well, I, think he was a, I, I think he was a wrestler at one point, yeah. He was a yeah. wrestler, that's right. And he played Jason in the Halloween remakes that were made for some reason by, the, by you know. By Rob Zombie. Guy, Rob Zombie, that's right. And Ray Park as Toad, and you know him as Darth Maul, and... And as Toad. Um, and as Toad. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Rebecca Roman, I think that's how you pronounced it? Romaine. Rebecca Romaine. At the time, Romaine Stamos, mm-hmm. but they got divorced because her career went big or something. She, I don't she know. was like, sorry, Mr. Full House. And she's uh, she plays Mistake, and she's in Star Trek Strange New Worlds as number one. Yep. And... Uh, uh, Bruce Davison is Senator Kelly, and he's done a lot. He's been on TV, oh, he's boy. been in movies, he's been all over the place. You recognize his face. Don't make me list it. Cinematography by Newton Thomas Eagle. And he did movies with that child molester and unusual sus- suspects in Superman Returns, those child molester movies. <laughs> <laughs> I sure hope the kid from Superman Returns doesn't have any stories, right, Steve? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. oh God, I hope you so. You must think that every fucking time you watch that goddamn piece of oh, shit what? by that monster man. You mean when I fast forward through those scenes because they're too upsetting? <laughs> like, where's the airplane scene? I like, I want, I like that. <laughs> Like how comfortable you are as unwilling, uh, unwitting accomplice to his goddamn monstrous ways. Me too. Hey, did you know that one of the people accusing him of of uh, sexual assault, that sexual assault occurred at the London premiere of Superman Returns. Oh, what a great make you story. Feel good? Oh, did I make you feel special? What a great story. Thanks for that. <clears throat> he also did the cinematography for Drive. <laughs> Edited by Steven Rosenblum, and uh, he did editing on like Glory, Braveheart, and After Earth. Wow, the weird, you know, with that the, was the Will the, Smith one, right? Well, I mean, with well, Jaden Smith. It's a vanity project, but it was to make his son famous. Yeah, yeah, and it worked great. <laughs> also edited by Kevin Stitt. Nothing. Hmm. Also edited by John Wright, who worked on The Bad News Bears, Hunt for Red October, and Speed. Music by Michael Kamen. And he's done movies. He's done music for Brazil, Highlander, Die Hard, and about a billion million others. Production companies, Marvel Enterprises. (gasps) Before they became Marvel Studios, can you believe it? It's a time capsule. It's around this time that they said, why aren't we making this money for ourselves? Why is that not a thing happening? And someone said, well, we only have the, the crappy superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never be able to do anything with Iron Man and Thor. What do you think? People will accept that? <laughs> uh, also uh, produced by the Donner's Company, Bat Hat Harry Productions, which doesn't exist anymore because the guy who founded it is a fucking monster. <laughs> Weird how that happens. Distributed by 20th Century Fox, release date July 14th. 2000 running time 104 minutes budget 75 million box office 296.3 million and i'm gonna say this right here right now this is the last brian singer movie that will appear on late seating ah i am i am taking i don't give a shit 
if people think usual suspects should be on late seating, I do not feel like reviewing or watching another one of his films again. If it turns out that all the people have been lying and they have proof of that and he's exonerated, great. But at this point, so many people have distanced themselves from Singer, including people who wanted to be his ally. Um, he has accused people of sexual assault, of being homophobic, which is fucking not a thing when it comes to sexual yeah. assault. You should not be bringing that yeah. up. Um, I don't care if he works again, but this, the simple fact of the matter is, is I just don't feel comfortable anymore watching or reviewing his films. So some people say, that's no fair or dessert. And they're like, yeah, but it's my fucking show. Yeah. And I don't, I don't like having to feel this way while watching a movie with children in it where someone has been accused multiple times of sexual assault. Yeah. Specifically on younger boys. And and, and and that's a decision that everybody has to make for themselves. And, if, and a couple of those accusations are sexual violence and yeah. assaults. So, fuck him. Yeah. If, and as near as I can tell, there's a lot of people that were trying to help him with his career, but he's associated himself with people who have gone to jail for this shit. And oh, yeah. It's... It's just a matter of time before someone has adequate enough evidence to hopefully have him serve some time. But who knows? But the simple fact of the matter is I do this show to have fun with my good pal Steve. Not to go, ew, all the time. Yeah, because... (laughs) And feel bad for endorsing... Yeah, what were you going to say? Because when we go dark, we do it for fun. Yeah. Because it makes us happy. (laughs) Because <laughs> we're bitter because, and weird and old. Not because not because our minds automatically, you know, go to a, a, a horrible, depressing place because of the the crimes of the people who made the movie. That's that's not exactly. nearly as much fun. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's just that's it, guys. I'm not gonna. So if you guys were waiting for your usual suspects. I don't think App Pupil is considered a classic. No. And I don't really think that Singer has made anything terribly important that will wind up want people wanting to be on the show. I, Bohemian Rhapsody, he was literally fired and replaced. Yeah. And uh, But they kept his name on it for some reason. Well, and I mean, I, think. I, haven't, I haven't seen it. Is that even that good? It just looked like a biopic. No. Like, it's a yeah. biopic. It's not that great. Um, but, you know, it's, it's kind of like... That's the reason why I didn't mention any of his other movies during his his bio, because fuck him. Fuck him. If it turns out that he's innocent, fine, I'll my culpa my way out of this shit. Yeah, but don't hold your but, breath. Yeah, but don't hold your breath. <laughs> Something tells me, yeah. Mm-hmm. Something tells me this is going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. Right? yeah. So that's it. Sorry, everybody. Sorry. <laughs> Steve. Sorry. Put on your X-Men costume and run into the world of the X-Men. God damn Here it. we go. Let's go to upstate New York. Oh, boy. What, is that how it starts? No, it doesn't. It Actually, it doesn't start in upstate New York. You know where it starts? In some nebulous weird place? <laughs> I well, but with a bunch of blinking lights and traveling over guts or synapses. Yeah, and while Captain Picard explains evolution to us. Oh yeah, like he's like at a really fast pace, like he's late for a lunch date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's no, don't don't give it any time to breathe. Just evolution is what yeah. has allowed our species. Nope. To blah, 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 blah. Anyway, let's go, let's go, let's go. 
don't think about it too much. And then we have this frenetic opening, which Singer opens almost all of his movies. Yes, blessedly brief. It's not like a full credit sequence. It's just some Mm -hmm. CGI that gets you to the main title, and then we back out of what turns out to be Cerebro. You see the, the doors close, and then it's Holocaust time. Holocaust time with Brian Singer. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, we see, we get the uplifting scene of a bunch of people being marched, apparently directly to the ovens. It doesn't right? seem like things are going to go well for them. No, um, it's raining look? and it's yeah. and it's and it's dark and it's the Holocaust and there's a little boy who's being separated from his parents and everybody's like mm-hmm. reaching for each other and screaming. And then this weird thing happens where the little boy who was pulled away from his parents like reaches for them and they close the iron gates so that there's a gate between them and he reaches his hand out and the gate starts to move. (gasps) Like that's weird. And then the guards, the Nazis like grab him and try to pull him away, but he keeps reaching out and it's like they can't move him. And he starts, he, 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 they, they actually lift him up off his feet because he's reaching out for the gate so, so hard and the gates are pull, pulling and, you know, being all. And they get pulled towards it, remember? Yeah. And then someone, then someone rifle butts him in the head, yeah. and he passes out. And that's the end of him. That's so much for that. Yep. Yay! He survives though because the X Men, the Nazis, the Nazis <laughs> didn't kill the little kid with superpowers for some reason. Hooray for for X Men! Yay! Anyway, then we cut to the not too distant future. Next Sunday, AD. Uh, probably. <laughs> And we're in Meridian, Mississippi, and we're seeing a girl telling her all of her big life adventure plans after she graduates high school. Yeah, she's going to hitchhike up to the North Pole or something. She's yeah. going to hitchhike up through Canada and end up like in Alaska. And that's her for some that's her big plan for her for the summer between high school and college. And who is she telling it to? Her boyfriend. Yeah, and they've never touched before. Apparently or, not. She didn't have these superpowers before they touched, yeah. but you know, before they can start giving themselves over the close hands jobs or anything, she sucks all of the life out of him and he goes in a coma. Yep. And she freaks out and starts crying, saying, Don't touch me. And the mom's like, What have you done? <laughs> and the dad's like, Were you touching each other? I told you this is what's going to happen. Your sins have found you out. That's right, the Lord Jesus found out that you were making with the devil's hand job. <laughs> and now this youngin is dead. We're going to pray in church about this on Sunday. After whipping you. <laughs> and on Wednesday night. I'm going to tell the, the snake dancer at church that what you've done, <laughs> and hopefully we'll be able to get the sins out of you with one of the serpents. Anyway, uh... I guess we should call 911. <laughs> oh shit, this is Mississippi. We don't have a phone. And then we cut to um Congress? Congress? Kind of? That don't look like Congress. It's, but it's Congress in the not too distant future. Oh, next Sunday AD. Yes. Okay. <laughs> there was a guy named Charles, not too different from you <laughs> or me. Anyway, we get a nice little lecture from Jean Grey about... Oh, Jean Grey's supermodel with red hair. Yeah, and she has glasses on, too, because she's smart. 
Yeah, and she's like, mutants are just like everybody else. Mutants, mutants are nice. I'm a mutant. I don't say that, but I probably <laughs> but I, yeah, should. I probably am, though, right? You've guessed that. You've guessed it's that. There's nothing to be ashamed about. You'd think I'd be proud, but nope, not me. And um, then the senator goes, mutants are super dangerous, and they make me scared. Yeah. I mean, I here's a report. This mutant can turn invisible. When I'm naked alone in my house i don't want to think that there could be mutants anywhere looking at me what about this girl that can walk through walls she could walk right into my bathroom while i'm pooping <laughs> i don't want to live Do like I that. that i don't want to live like that <laughs> i mean geez louise i want to be able to live like an american completely naked all the time in my house with no one looking at as me. god intended Except for the people who pay for the privilege. Exactly. And that's the American way. <laughs> Onlyfans.com slash Senator Kelly. <laughs> Having a sale this month. Yeah, it's 5% off all the pooping videos. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> watching all this go down, everyone applauds. Yes, we don't want mutants looking at our private yeah, parts. Damn muties. And, and we see... We see Captain Picard, yeah. and he sees someone leave, and he goes out, and it turns out Patrick Picard is Patrick Picard. Patrick Picard. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, that's, that's his, his name, name now. <laughs> Charles Patrick Picard. Charles Patrick Picard. And he's in a wheelchair because he's he's Professor Xavier, yeah. and he's always in a wheelchair. Yep. And he comes out and he says, I need to remember this for the Picard series that I'm going to make 20 years from now. This solves a lot of mobility problems. Just put me in a chair. <laughs> Just put me in a younger body. Can you do that? Oh, we're not actually in the future? I'm confused. Oh, can it be an animated series? But he's he's stopping a guy. Yeah. And and he's like, hey, people are okay. And the other guy's like, no, they're not. They should all die. And he's like, what? No, that's not what I mean. And he's like, but that's what I mean. And he turns around and it's Gandalf. <laughs> we got a haircut. Mean Gandalf. Yeah. Shave off his beard and he turns mean. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to kill them all. Well, don't try to stop me, even though you could with your mental powers <laughs> but, right now, because I'm not don't. wearing my protective helmet. <laughs> but just don't. You could completely read my mind and find out all of my plans right this minute and then stop me. But, you know, you got a respect I, thing or something. I'm, I'm asking you know. as a friend not to. <laughs> <laughs> And he says, what is he implies that he's going to, there's a war coming, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You know, people are bad. And then we cut to a truck. Yeah. And she's in Canada. Yeah. Right? She's decided to take that trip early. <laughs> or run away from or home. Or run away from she's home. she's starving yeah. to death. And he's like, get out. We're in Schittsburg. Get going. The Schittsburg is one one building. <laughs> this is Canada. It's the, This is the third largest city in Canada. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think this is canon because nobody's polite. Yeah, well, nobody's watching Corner Gas. <laughs> anyway, she gets in there, and apparently there's enough people in this tiny shit stain in Canada to have cage fights. Yeah, oh, yeah, this is UFC before it was regulated. And there's a man in that cage with no shirt yeah, on. and he's fighting. And, and Yeah, he's fighting. And what do they call him? They call him the Wolverine. That's right. Hmm. And then some guy tries to beat him up while while uh, Rogue is looking 
we'll just call her. Rogue. That's her name. Um, that's her name. Watching the fight, and then he beats up the guy, and then it's after the fight, and she's thinking, "I'm going to steal that tip jar." And the guy behind the counter is like, "That's all I have to live on. What are you? Why? <laughs> why would you even think about that? You- why did you still go go to Alaska? Why with no money? What are you? <laughs> what thinking? are you doing?" Anyway, the Wolverine guy, whose name is Logan, yeah. comes up and he's like getting paid for his fight, right? Right. Then he's looking at her and she's looking at him. And then the guy he fought came up and said, there's no way you don't have any marks on you from that fight. You know, the one where you beat me up a lot? <laughs> yeah, the one where I never punched you? <laughs> you should be really hurt from that fight where I didn't get a single punch in. <laughs> And then he whips out a knife and he's going to stab him in the back. And then Wolverine jumps up and he's got claws coming out all over the place. Uh-oh. Mostly his hands. His hands, pretty much, exclusively. But that's a lot of claws, though. Right. And the bartender, like, points a shotgun at his head and he says, you stomp it. <laughs> you're a bad mutant. You get out of here. You're a, you're a freak. Get out. Take your money and leave. And so he does. And he's got a little camper. Yeah. He, life on the road, he's, you know. He's got a broken down motorcycle in the trailer and he leaves. But, uh-oh, Steve, what happened? Oh, well, Rogue done stowed away. Oh, Because okay. he stops the truck, and he's like, get out of from behind the thing. You're you're not allowed to sleep in my trailer. And, and she's like, I'm in the middle of nowhere, and I have no money, and I have no food. And he's like, fuck you. And he drives away. <laughs> but then he gets, he has a, he, but, they, but then he feels guilty, and he stops. And he's like, all right. And she gets in the truck, and she's like, can I bump some food off of you? And he's like, here, eat all my beef yeah. jerky. And she's like, great, here, thanks. eat all of my glove box beef jerky. <laughs> if you tap it hard enough, the black mold will come off it. She starts eating it. She sees that he wears military tags that say Wolverine on. Yeah. And he wants her to get her hands warm, and he almost touches her. And she's like, I'm going to tell you something the audience knows. When people touch me, they get, I kill them. They're dead. I mean, they're, I, kissed, I kissed a guy, and we didn't even get a handy out of it because he got all veiny and weird, and then he went into a coma for three weeks. And Wolverine's like, good to know. <laughs> Not touching you. Got it. This, by the way, is very accurate to the comic books. I mean, not with the rogue character. She's usually portrayed much older than yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it is pretty traditional for Wolverine to have weird relationships with teenage girls. Yes. <laughs> like over and over again. Not sexual. No, Never no, like, sexual, yeah, like, like, like close, like mentor kind of. Overprotective yeah. brother yeah. kind of deal. Anyway, they're driving, and she's like, do your claws hurt when they pop out? And he's like, yes, very much. Yes, a lot. <laughs> they are claws coming out of my skin. Because my skin heals over them every time, so it's I'm cutting myself every single time. That's right. But then they hit a tree, and he goes to the windshield, and she's trapped inside of the truck, and we see he gets up, and his face heals, and he notices, oh, someone knocked over that tree. Yeah, and he smells something funny. Yeah, and then a, a great big hippie dude jumps out of the f- thing and he starts attacking him. And that guy's named Sabretooth. And you're like, okay. And he beats up Wolverine a lot and knocks him out. And then, for some reason, there are two people there. Just standing there watching. Yep. Like, hey, Who what's they? up? It turns out they are Storm and Cyclops. Yay! And they're like, we're here to save you! When they pick up Logan, they get her out of the truck, and the truck explodes because it has to. 
And then we cut to where, Steve? Uh, do we cut to the school at this point, or do we cut to Magneto's Mm-mm. place? Magneto's yeah. place. His 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 supervillain lair. His island lair yes. cut out of rock. Because yep. he's a James Bond villain. I have some questions, Steve. Where did he get the island from? Where did he get the money to get the island from? He stole it. Oh, I guess, yeah. yeah. In coins. He, exactly. He just robbed the <laughs> bank. He was just like, give me that money. Thank you very much. Yeah, he just magnetized all of the coins out, and he paid for this island in quarters. Yep. And it took forever, but now it's his. Lock, stock, and barrel. Good. Solve the island. How did he build his lair? Probably a lot of iron in the rocks. Uh, who got the contract work to dig out the lair? The, the same guy who built the bat cave. <laughs> same contractor. He's discreet. He does good work. Anyway, Sabretooth shows up, and he's like, why didn't you get the mutant? And he's like, I don't know. He doesn't really talk. They beat me up, man. <laughs> they beat me up and made me feel bad. I was having a good day until that happened. And he's like, Okay. All they know is that I made the first move. Yes. Unless, of course, Charles read my mind. But I don't think he did. I told him not to. I told him not to do it? I asked him really nice, and and that usually works. And then we cut back to the X cave. (laughs) Or whatever it is. The Fortress of Exitude. Yeah, Logan's lying there, and he's getting pawed at by Jean Grey, that lady that spoke at the... Congress? Yeah. And she, <laughs> We're not, still not sure. And she has the power to move things with her mind because she picks up like a little thingy to take blood with her brain. Ooh, that'll come in handy. Yeah. She can use, She can move hey. objects using the power of telekinesis. <laughs> okay, you have to do the rest of the show like I have that. to do the rest of the show like Shatner. Yeah. Telekinesis. And saying things wrong. Telekinesis. telekinesis. It was sabotage. Sabotage. Someone sabotaged my telekinesis. You say sabotage. I say sabotage. (laughs) Anyway, he wakes up. He's freaking out because he doesn't know where he is. He chokes Jean Grey a little bit, (laughs) and then he runs around because he keeps hearing voices. Yeah, from from Professor Xavier, who decided, I know the best way to calm him down. I'll make him hear voices in his head. You know what I'll do? I'll put him in direct contact with the children at the school. That'll be good. I'll lead him the man upstairs. who has a metal skeleton and claws that come out of his out of his hands. <laughs> I'll I'll lead him upstairs to where the children are. <laughs> right. I'll have him interrupt a class. That'll be That'll perfect. That'll be great. Because if I if I go down there, it means getting in the elevator. And I just, well, you know, haven't even assigned the he homework ups- yet. He goes upstairs and he's in this like very very nice mansion, oh, yeah. and there are kids running around. And he's hiding. He's ninjing his way past the children who might kill him. Who knows? They are. They could be very powerful mutants. And he goes into an office, and there's Doctor Charles Xavier, and he's teaching a class about physics. Yeah. Although he's he's also he he assigns them a paper on the weak and strong anthropic principles, which are not really physics, but he says physics is the class. <laughs> and they all leave. Because they don't get desks in this school, as near as I can tell, they have to sit there and try to take notes on their own. Exactly. They don't even. They, they don't even have laptops yet. They're just like the. Nope. Write it on your lap with your notebook. And they all leave, and then Kitty leaves, and she goes straight through the door. And I only know it's Kitty because I read the fucking comic books. Yeah, and she, he calls her Kitty. Yeah. Well, she, yeah. You know yeah. that that's uh, Shadowcat. Yeah. She's gonna be played by three different actresses in this series. That's how important her character is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Wolverine's like, who are you? What's going on? Why am I here? Um, who are you? 
and he's like, okay, time for some exposition. <laughs> here's here's all my peoples. That's uh, Cyclops and Storm and Dr. Jean Grey, who doesn't get a catchy <laughs> She doesn't get a because name. Because fuck her. <laughs> anyway, you're being hunted by Magneto. We don't know why. I suppose I could have read his mind the last time I saw him. I'm literally the most powerful psychic who ever lived, but, you know, I just... I know he's a dangerous mutant. Who knows what he's capable of. I mean, I probably should, but I don't. danced around in front of me with no helmet on, (laughs) which I don't know about yet, but whatever. Anyway, I know that you don't... You have amnesia. You know, the most convenient thing for an anti-hero to have. Yeah. And if you stay here, I promise I'll find out something. Yeah, if you help me figure out uh, what Magneto wants with you, then I'll help you learn about your past is the deal that he makes with him, yeah. Right. And then he's like, you're not the only one with gifts, and then he shows off by doing the voices. Yeah. Right? And then and then he explains the school in a montage. And then he takes him on a tour of the Batcave, and he shows him their cool airplane. He's like, we're basically like superheroes. Yeah, we're like, we're like, I don't know what we've done up to this point. Probably nothing. <laughs> but this is our big chance. This is our big chance. We've got a, we've got a super cool plane and an underground hangar. And also children are here. That's right. Children are here. This is a place where we gather children who are also mutants so that they can be segregated from the rest of the population. Because that's a great way for people to learn to live together. I think history shows out. that that's totally the way to go. And he's like, there's a war coming. Not be- well, the one, well, Magneto thinks it's between human beings and uh, and people. And mutants. Yeah, well, yeah. that's the same thing. Human beings <laughs> and mutants. And I don't want... So we protect human beings even though they're shitty to us. And uh, they're so... Yeah. And then we cut to a helicopter. And Senator Kelly gets on a helicopter. And he's like, yeah, by this time next week, all the mutants will be dead. And then we can start eating their tender flesh. (laughs) I'm a bad guy. I'm a bad guy. (laughs) And he's talking to a guy named Gyrick, who's really important in the comics, but he's dead in this (laughs) one. (laughs) He's already been replaced. Yeah, he gets replaced. He's sitting there, and then all of a sudden he transforms into a sexy blue. Yeah, mystique. And this is when Hollywood found out that you can do naked without it being naked. Yeah, you just cover their naughty bits with foam appliances. <laughs> you one, you find an actress who's okay with covering up her her bad naughty bits with with latex, and then um, you film it. Yep, and and all of the preteens have to literally present themselves prevent themselves from masturbating in the theater <laughs> when they see her running all around with her boobs. Flopping. Yeah. Because it's a naked woman just running around in the movie. Anyway, then she beats him up with her feet. And it turns out that the guy flying the helicopter is Toad, yeah. and you're like, oh no. Not Toad. Mm-hmm. They, oh no, they, oh, now, no the, the bad guys kidnapped the other bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> so we come back to the Xavier underground whatever you want to call it and gene is touching his bot finding is touching him and he's flirting with her and she's like teehee i'm gonna pretend like i don't like you that way because i am in love with what's his name cyclops scott yeah scott i'm in love with cyclops because he's the he's the greatest he's mr personality Mm-hmm. and uh, that's when they find out that he's got metal covering his bones and that he has been 
you know, experimented on, and they're like, who would want to do that? And they're like, they're humans, fuck them. You know, we're on the wrong side. <laughs> Let's join Magneto, he's side. right. Let's join Magneto. Meanwhile, back at Magneto's island fortress, um, he brings Senator Kelly out, does a thing in a machine. Yeah. And we don't know what any of that was about. Not yet, but right. it looked important. Oh. All I know is that Magneto got in a machine, it started spinning, he made a lot of really goofy looking faces, and then it flashed, and then we cut back to the X-Men's mansion. (laughs) Where we get more bullshit about Wolverine wanting to fuck Jean Grey. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Scott shows up while they're talking, while she's trying to read his mind. And he's like, don't touch my girlfriend. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to get her. <laughs> and he's like, no, no not either. So I'm, 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 I'm Cyclops, and I offer a lot in a relationship. Like, I'm never controversial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the safe choice. Mm-hmm. Then we got to... Wolf Wolverine's having a dream. Yeah. He's having a bad dream. And, and somehow, Rogue hears it all the way across this five-acre mansion. <laughs> Apparently, Wolverine's room is right next to the dorm where all mm-hmm. the kids are but asleep. He's, he's having nightmares about being experimented on or something. Yeah. And she's like trying to wake him up, which is a bad, bad idea. idea. And then he wakes up and he's like, ah, and he stabs her straight through the yeah. chest. Oh, boy, you got to watch those claws, you know. What he should do, really, it's kind of Wolverine's fault, because what he should do is he should sleep. But, like, before he goes to sleep, he should just poke the claws out a little bit and just put corks on the end of them, you know, so that he doesn't accidentally stab anybody. Okay. I was going to think maybe he should put adamantium boxing gloves on. Oh, now that's even better. Yeah. Yeah, That's a good one. Anyway, she touches him and heals herself, and then he passes out. And then... Later, when he wakes up, Professor Xavier has to explain Rogue's powers, which is she sucks up life force out of people, and when she touches another mutant, she can absorb their mutant powers. And so she absorbed his healing power, and that's how she healed herself. Yes. And he's like, great, thanks for explaining that. Meanwhile, back at the... Meanwhile, notice how many fights we've had? None? Okay, let's keep going. Back at, back at, back at, the, at Casa de Magneto. At the, at the Magneto Island villain playset, Senator Kelly finds out that he can squish his head through bars. Oh, neat. And he squishes his head, and he gets out, and Magneto comes up, and he sees him hanging off the cliff wall, and he's like, hey, you're one of us now. Um okay, I'm going to let my dumbest... <laughs> yes, instead of me saving you <laughs> most myself. Most inept henchman <laughs> who has done nothing but fail this entire film <laughs> to pull you up. And he doesn't. And Senator Kelly falls into the water. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Why? Why was it important that he keep him? I don't know. I guess so that he could learn a valuable lesson about mutants. Yeah. The next morning, as a kid tortures a jellyfish, because we need this... Ex- I don't... Okay, so Tenor Kelly comes up, and he looks like a blobfish, and then he turns into a person, and then he watches TV and grabs some clothes. 
okay. Then Bobby tells uh, Rogue, you're bad, and everyone hates you, and you're scary, and you need to leave. But it turns out, who was Bobby? It was actually Mystique. How do we know that? Because her eyes turn yellow at appropriate moments to let us in the audience know. <laughs> so we need to go find Rogue. She ran away. And so right. we go into Cerebro, which lets Dr. Xavier find people who have run away. Yeah. F- $5 billion machine. Was he is for? <laughs> to find runaway people. Is he in there all the time finding missing, no. missing children? O- only people that he knows. It, okay, he bet he could have found Osama bin Laden really fast, huh? But he, he didn't nope. know. He didn't find him. He just was looking for Rogue, and that was it. Anyways, he says, oh, there's Rogue, right? <laughs> She's at the train station. She's at the train station. I don't know why there's a lot of us here. We could have sent someone instead of going into Cerebro, because I guess we have to show how Cerebro works. <sighs> Anyway, Logan steals Cyclops' motorcycle to go to the train station. Yeah, fuck you, Cyclops. You suck. And and then and then he goes in and talks to Rogue. Yeah, because he um, figures out what train she's on somehow. Which I mean, pretty smart. Well, he can smell. Remember? That's, can, oh, that's true. He he tracks her. Yeah. 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 And then to reinforce the point that that wasn't Bobby, just in case we didn't get it, we we see um, we see <laughs> Mystique again as Bobby in the. In the mansion, because she's up to no good. Yeah, she puts some poison stuff in Cerebro. Not, yeah, she goes in, pretends to be the professor, puts in some paint in a tube. You can't get paint in Cerebro. Everybody knows that. Yeah, it clogs it all up. Clogs it all up. Right. And then Wolverine convinces Rogue to come back. She has the worst crying performance I've ever seen in a film. She does not look like she's... <laughs> It's like I'll I'll make I'll make the sounds, but I'm not crying. <laughs> and but before they have a chance to leave, oh, and that's right, Cyclops and okay, I didn't realize that for someone who ran away, it required nine people to go get yeah. her. Cyclops and Storm go out too. Yeah, they're yeah. in the they're in the train station, and oh no, Sabretooth's there, and he starts beating up Storm, and oh no, Toad's there too. And he steals Cyclops' sunglasses. Yeah, and he blows... So Cyclops has a power where if he's not wearing sunglasses, beams shoot out of his face. Yeah. <laughs> and they wreck shit. Like, these are some hardcore okay, beams. This is, like, this is yeah. the... Okay, Steve. Cyclops has eyes that just shoot beams out of them, right? Yes, yes. And the only two things that can stop these incredibly powerful... Because he blows the roof off of the, the train oh, station. Yeah. It, they're, they're like concussive blasts. It's not it's not like Superman's mm. heat vision that just heats stuff up. Like, they destroy stuff. Yeah. yeah. So he, he... The two things that can stop him, stop these beams, are a pair of sunglasses. I mean, yep. granted, they're special sunglasses. Special sunglasses, yeah. His visor, which is made along the same technology that allows him to just shoot out beams if he presses a button on the side of his head. Yep. Or his eyelids. Yep, exactly. <laughs> special eyelids. No one ever said they were special eyelids. I, just I, was... wonder, I wonder if like, if like if he put his hand in front of his eyes, would he blow his own hand off? Or I guess is so. His, or is his hand made of the same stuff as his eyelids, and so he would block it with his hand, too? 
<laughs> anyway, back on the train, Magneto rips the train open. And because Wolverine doesn't think ahead and has been told what his power is, doesn't realize that against Magneto, he really has no chance. <laughs> He's not worth much in a fight with Magneto. But because his whole skeleton is metal, Magneto picks him up, and that's when he finds out, oh, he's not after Wolverine. He's after Rogue. That's right, for some reason. Bum, bum, bum. And so then he beats up Wolverine. He leaves with his henchmen, one of whom is carrying a body, um, is carrying Rogue. Because he he hits Rogue with a dart and knocks her out. That's right. And then the cops, all the cops, show up. And he throws a couple of cop cars around, and um, he then pulls all their guns away, and he's pointing the guns back at him, and then his saber-tooth grabs his neck and starts talking to him reasonably, and it turns out that's Charles! Yeah, he's taking control of Sabretooth and Toad because he can't control Magneto because Magneto has his magic helmet on. Oh, you mean like last time when he didn't have it on the time he saw him and he could have done any of those things to him. Right, but see, now Charles has learned from his mistakes. And okay. he's like, I'm going to control people's minds now. I'm not. Mm-hmm. You're not catching me with that again. Anyway, he tries to get Toad to return Rogue, and then Magneto threatens to shoot all the people. Yep. And... Charles has to let him go, and then they take off in a helicopter, and they fly away. And they're like, this team sucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we didn't win this time. Uh-huh. And then we go back to the Xavier compound, and Wolverine's like, I'm leaving because... Because you guys suck, and you haven't you helped me suck. at all. <laughs> and just as, And this happens a lot in this movie. It happens a lot in the films. When someone is leaving the mansion... There's always someone there towards the the the, the main door to stop them exactly. and talk to them. Yeah, yeah. Every time someone is going to leave, there's always someone who's going to stop there and talk. It's like they hang out at the front door waiting, <laughs> waiting for somebody to have to be to get fed up and try to leave. This time it's Senator Kelly. <gasps> yeah, he's looking for Doctor Jean Grey. Yeah, and he needs help. And and Professor X is like, yeah, whatever with help. I need to read your brain so I know what. What he's going to do. And he Cause now, see, because now he's reading everybody's brains. Yeah, he's, now he's just doing it all over the fucking yeah. place. And then he finds out that there's a machine, and Magneto used it, and he felt terrible. <laughs> yeah, he felt, he made him sick, gave him a tummy ache, and he's like, oh boy, this hurts. I don't want to, I don't want to and do this all by like, myself. So his big plan is to turn everybody into mutants but it's unstable and senator kelly goes oh, i don't feel good and then he turns gross and then he turns into water and he's done yep and they're like arguing about what to do right yeah and what are the what are the options on the table um i can't remember what the options are but i know that that it it boils down to wolverine and cyclops getting into like a pissing contest right was there ever a point where someone said, hey, I know, let's call anybody in the government and tell them that Magneto, a, a known terrorist threat, is setting something up at the Statue of Liberty and maybe cancel the event? Let's and, call the FBI. Uh-huh. We should call the FBI. This is bad. You don't have to say he's got a, a thing that will make turn people into mutants. You can say he's got a bomb, and then yeah. everyone will leave, and then the army will attack him. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's their problem. Yeah, it becomes their problem, not our problem. 
Storm runs in because she was with the senator, and she said, Senator Kelly's dead. And they're like, oh, no. And Charles says, I got to go use Cerebro for something? Who is he looking for? I think he's looking, he's trying to find out where where they are, like where they took Rogue, I guess. Right, because they figure he's going to put his power in Rogue, and then they're going to use and Rogue's gonna use the machine, and then she's gonna die. So he used Cerebro, but the paint's in there, and it gives him it gives him a coma. And yeah. they lay him on a bed, and they stick a bunch of shit on his head. Scott goes and talks to Professor Xavier like he's dead. <laughs> yeah, even though he's laying right there with his eyes wide open. Yeah, he's like, "Don't worry, I'll take care of everybody." Because I'm Scott, and I have no discernible personality at all. I got this. Jean then decides she's going to use Cerebro, even though she's not as strong as Professor Xavier. Yeah. She gets an owie face. Yeah. But she says, I found them, right? Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to Liberty Island. That's right. El, yeah, they're going yeah, to Liber- Liberty Island. Liberty Island because the, the, the UN summit that Magneto is attacking is on Ellis Island. Right. Yeah. Because metaphor. Anyway, yeah, exactly. um, so we get some hijinks of them attacking, of, of the Brotherhood of Mutants attacking people on the island. And then, so here's, okay, <laughs> here's the big plan. They're going to tear off the hand of the Statue of Liberty, mm-hmm. which is lit. Mm-hmm. All night, yeah, and replace it with their own one that they made. Yep, that contains the machine. That's the plan. And then they're going to turn the machine on and get all the world leaders, and they'll be turned into mutants. That's that's the idea. That's that's Magneto's evil scheme. Yes. <laughs> Rather than I don't know, sneak in the machine into Ellis Island somehow. Yeah. There's really no reason why the machine has to be on the Statue of Liberty. They could just leave it on the boat. Yeah, and how long has he been planning it? Because I know that the Ellis Island thing hasn't been planned for very long. No. So was he just making the machine and go, oh, I hope we get an opportunity to use it? (laughs) Oh, this is it. This is the thing. This is what I've been waiting for. (laughs) We're going to do the machine. Guys, guys, Ellis Island, we're going to do the machine. Yeah. Then he apologizes to Rogue because she has to die for his plan to work. And then we come back to the mansion and the X-Men are looking at some sort of thing. They go over like a plan and what they're going to do is we're going to insert here. We're going to use our jet plane to get in there. And then we're going to beat up all the guys and we're going to do the thing and everyone will be happy. Right? That's the idea. Then they get into matching black leather jumpsuits, which are just as ridiculous as the costumes in the comic books. (laughs) No, no, they're black and cool. No, they're not. And they they take off, and and it takes them exactly one second, apparently, to get to New York. (laughs) It's a fast plane. Mm -hmm. Storm makes some fog so they can stealthily approach... And they land in the water, and then it's time to get to the statue. I don't. They, I don't. They sneak they, into the gift shop. Yeah, they <laughs> enter it through the gift shop, and oh no, um, what's her face is there? Mystique. Yeah, and Wolverine's like, I'm gonna go get her, and then Toad attacks, and he spits some a loogie onto Jean, and she can't breathe, and. 
somehow Scott is not out. I don't remember. Anyway, so Scott's busy trying to figure out how Jean did not die. Storm is fighting Toad. Wolverine is fighting Mystique. And basically, he stabs Mystique. Yeah. And then um, Storm has an embarrassing one-liner. <laughs> like she the hits worst, Toad with the lightning. Worst, the worst line in this movie. Do you remember what it was, Steve? Yes, I do. And after I say it, I want to ask you a question. Okay, go for it. Okay, so the line is uh, Toad is hanging on to a, a, a railing by his tongue and is being blown out by the winds that Storm has created. And she has a big lightning storm start up. And she says, do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? And, and he and goes, ah! What? I don't know. What? Is this like a riddle or something? <laughs> and she says, the same thing as everything else. And then he gets struck by lightning and he gets thrown out to sea. Now, do you know who right. wrote that line? I don't. That line was actually a leftover from an earlier draft of a script written by none other than Joss Whedon. Really? Yes, Joss Whedon wrote What Happens that to a line, Toad When It Gets Struck by the Lightning, the same worst as everything else. line yeah. in this. Yes, it's one of the only lines from his draft that actually made it into the movie. <laughs> how did this movie get made? <laughs> how, how did it happen? They said, we got to keep that line. Mm-hmm, that's a catchy line. <laughs> Anything. Can you come up with a better line? Uh, I mean, does she even need a line? No, she doesn't. But let's say the studio execs are like, she gets a line or there's no there's no movie. I think she should come out and say, knock, knock. And then Toad should go, who's there? And then she just hits him with lightning. <laughs> I think I mean, she that's, should that's, just I mean, come that's out better. cussing. That's what that was the best thing would be, motherfucker! <laughs> what the fuck? You knocked me down a goddamn motherfucking elevator no, shaft. Nobody fucks with Storm. <laughs> she should just like not e- not even use the the weather powers. Just walk up and just start smacking the shit out of him. She should have said, "You ever see lightning strike twice?" And then she hits him with a bolt of lightning that flings him into the air, and then with another bolt of lightning that makes him explode. Ooh, <laughs> that's a good one too. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. See how easy this is? <laughs> we literally came up with three better scenarios and like while while fucking around for 30 seconds on our podcast. <laughs> or cuz he's hanging on to the fucking railing, she could have said tongue tied and then oh, struck him with on. lightning. Now you're talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, apparently no. this made it through two drafts. <laughs> and then <laughs> onto the screen. In an industry where where there are screenwriters who are able to earn a good living just mm-hmm. punching up scripts, <laughs> like somehow that line made it into the movie. So anyway, the X Men make it up into the hand, and yeah. then then Magneto shows up and he encases them all in in metal. Yeah. So they can't move, and he moves Scott's head so that if he open and takes off his visor, so if he opens his eyes, he'll blast open. Jean's head, which would be a real shame because she's yeah. such a great character. You, and you wouldn't want to see that, yeah. And he makes Wolverine point his hands towards his own body so that if he uses them, they'll owie him. But we know he can't die, so what's the fucking. I don't. He just doesn't. Because well, it hurts. 
And then he says, oh, by the way, Sabretooth, I'm leaving you here. If anything happens to you, I'll be completely vulnerable. Well, bye-bye. And he goes up. I'm leaving you here to watch them, my most trusted and competent henchmen. You have failed at everything that I've asked you to do. (laughs) But unfortunately, you're the only one I have left. Right. So then he goes up to the hand where she is and he gives her his powers and then she starts up the machine and then wolverine cuts through his own body to get detached to the wall and he has a long pointless fight on top of the statue of liberty's head and then eventually Sabretooth dies <laughs> yeah and then everybody in the hand escapes and then they start talking again and they're like, what, what can we do? And Scott's like, I, I can't shoot up there right now because I'll kill her. But I will be able to shoot up there and later. In a few minutes. <laughs> and they're like, I know. Storm, use your wind to lift me up there and I'll cut it down or something. I don't know. I'm just, just going to start uh, hacking away at shit with my claws. Fucking <laughs> Gene will steady him, and they do that, and they're n- neither one of them are terribly good at it. He gets up there. Scott's like, I have a shot, and I'm going to take it. And Gene's like, don't do it. And Scott's like, why? And Gene <laughs> says, I have no comeback for that. And he says, I'm going to take the shot. Fuck and he it. keeps saying it over and over again. Because now Magneto, despite the fact that he gave his powers to Gene, now has enough powers to stop Wolverine because of the metal in his body, right? Yes, right. And so Scott just shoots him and he falls over like an old man. And then and then Wolverine breaks apart the machine and oh no, Rogue is dead. Oh damn. Maybe. My favorite character. <laughs> and then Wolverine holds her and then she sucks his life force out. And for a second you're like, you see all of his wounds come back, which was not a thing with Wolverine. It's not like when he loses his power, every wound that he's ever received suddenly opens up again. <laughs> so just a second the dogs are about to get fed and they're having a freak out um (laughs) cut back to the mansion and uh, wolverine again is waking up you know wolverine weapon x he's been unconscious more times in this movie than he ever will be in the remaining films. <laughs> he just had a bad couple of days, you know? And uh, once again, it's Gene who's like, I love you, but I don't love you. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because my boyfriend has no discernible personality at all whatsoever. <laughs> um, but that goes nowhere. And then Xavier's like, I made good on my promise. I found an abandoned facility. (laughs) (laughs) I have no reason to suspect it has anything to do with you, but it's near where you were last, so maybe Mm. check that out. In X2, they reveal that not only does Charles Xavier know everything about Logan, but so does Magneto. Yeah. And they just said, oh, it'll be better for him to discover it himself. Yeah, we just want him to do that. It'll be, yeah. he'll, he'll feel better about himself. <laughs> because Charles is like, the mind, his mind isn't ready for this, that, and the other thing. <sighs> so we come back. A couple of strands of Rogue's hair has turned white because of the whole Magneto thing. They're all watching TV and, wait, there's Senator Kelly. I wonder who that, how Uh-oh. did he survive that? What oh. a mystery. It's fucking mystique. 
freeze frame, he has yellow eyes. And they have to say it, it's Mystique. Yeah, and we're in the theater going, yeah, we know. Because we might not get it. Wolverine's leaving to go check out this abandoned facility. Rogue's like, boo-hoo, why do you have to leave? And he's like, here's my dog tags. Keep these. I'll be back. And then he leaves, stealing Scott's motorcycle again. Yeah, (laughs) fuck you, (laughs) Scott. (sighs) Then we cut to the prison scene where two people, too dumb to learn how to play chess, (laughs) pretend to play chess. (laughs) And they kind of talk at each other. Mm -hmm. It's Charles Xavier and Magneto. Magneto's and of course, like, I'm going to get out of here one of these days. Maybe in the next they're movie. Playing chess because they have—that's how tired the metaphors are in this goddamn movie. And they're just basically it's the same argument that they had at the beginning. Yay, no growth. Um, <laughs> Charles is like, "Well, I'm right," and Magneto's like, "Well, I'm right," and I will fight you. And Charles is like, "I'll fight you too." And then there's a huge swell of music, and we see that Magneto has been put in a big floaty plastic prison, all paid for by the taxpayers. Yeah, I guess they called the FBI eventually. Yeah, and there's a swell of music, and then the movie is fucking over, and it's in two year two thousand, and there are no stingers. The end. Steve, tell me how you feel about X X Men. X Men. I liked it. Of course you did. Um, <laughs> when I first saw it, I, you know, like... No, I don't know. I thought it was... When I first saw it in 2000, I remember being a little disappointed um, because I felt like it was rushed and it was very choppy and very mm-hmm. underwritten. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I watched it for this, and, and the more recent times when I've watched it over the last few years... Um, I mean, it's not bad. It's a superhero movie under two hours long, which is like, unless and unless it has Venom in the title, you're just not going to see anymore. Okay. Um, and, you know, I appreciate it still has those, those same problems that I saw when I saw it for the first time. But mm-hmm. I, I appreciate the fact that it's brisk. It gets in. It makes its point. It gets the fuck out. Um, the action scenes that it has are are mostly well done and don't overstay their welcome, uh, and you know aren't like fucking exhausting. And you know it's I mean it's not a great movie. No. There, uh, and it's and like it, it 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 there are times when it does feel rushed and it does feel underwritten. I mean, and I wasn't even kidding. Like at the beginning when uh, when Patrick Stewart is reading that narration, it feels like you know they directed him like say this as quickly as possible like without without making it sound like you're rushing you know because it's like we got to go we got to go <laughs> you mm-hmm. know we can't we got to do can't. it quick because you have we, 5 weeks of chess boot camp to get to <laughs> but it's like there's there's very little time to linger on anything like the no. movie just moves from boom 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 and i mean there's a part of that that i admire cuz there is there's a lot to establish there's a lot to set up there's a lot of characters and they do that really efficiently but there are times where it's like man if we we could slow down for a minute <laughs> you know because yeah. like we have a lot of characters to meet and it would be nice if we got a little bit more time to spend with them to get to know them and to see them getting to know each other so that we would have a little bit more of an emotional investment uh-huh. in them you know i mean that is definitely a problem with the movie but it, it's not as much of a problem for me now when i watch it as it was back then um 
when I watch this movie now, it's hard not to compare it and the other X-Men movies to the MCU. Because yeah. this this was kind of like the mini MCU that they started before the big one started uh, with Marvel Studios about eight years after this came out. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, the, the evolution of the X-Men franchise parallels the MCU in a lot of ways. When When we reviewed Iron Man a few years ago, we talked about how striking it is to watch that first iron man movie now and see how modest it is after having you know the rest of the mcu and how how epic it became mm -hmm. and this first x-men movie it has a similar quality it's it's not as big as as later x-men movies would get it's not even as big as the next one you know mm -hmm. um the x2 was way bigger and way more expensive and way more ambitious than this one is um, there are only four X-Men, counting Wolverine, plus Professor yeah. X, mm -hmm. um, and there's four evil mutants, including Magneto. Right. Uh, you know, Magneto's supervillain plot is goofy and ha and is full of holes, but, you know, that's there's a lot of supervillain plots that are like that. Sure. Um, and it's relatively small scale. Like, there's, the, I, I think at one point Cyclops says, well, you know, if that machine of his has enough power, it could affect New York City. But that's kind of like a hypothetical. His 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 target is just these world leaders at right. this conference. And yeah, if he succeeds in hitting them with this radiation and they all mutate and turn into water and die, like that's going to be bad. But it's sure. not. But it's not like end of the world bad. It's not like you know Thanos snapping half of the universe out of existence. Like it's, exactly. You know, um, and and I think all of that is fine. Actually, like I don't even mean that necessarily as a criticism. I like that it's relatively low scale. You know that it's not end of the world stakes. Um, I like that the movie has a few good fights. Has you know a tent that 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 tent sort of standoff between Magneto and Professor X with the cops outside the train station, um, and then the big finale at Liberty Island with you know a, a couple of nice jokes in there between Cyclops and Wolverine and. Um, the, the way the the team kind of splits up and they're all sort of fighting their own little battles and then they come together and um, Magneto has a funny line when when he captures them and has them all held held hostage inside the Statue of Liberty and Cyclops says Storm fry him and, yeah. and Magneto says yeah go ahead have a bolt of lightning hit this giant copper conductor I thought you lived <laughs> at a school <laughs> like it's it's just a funny line um, and best of all. Again, comparing it to stuff that came later, there's no sky beams. There's no CGI fights where it's like the CGI representation of the hero and the villain smacking into each other for half an hour. Um, it's refreshing in its simplicity, viewed in retrospect. Um, I also like the fact that it's relatively grounded for this kind of material. Um, and that's especially impressive if you know what the X-Men comics were like in the 90s when this movie uh -huh. was being developed. And I was never like a huge X-Men reader, but my best friend in middle school and high school was a super huge Marvel Comics fan and was particularly into the X-Men. And the X-Men always sort of had their own little corner of the Marvel Universe in the comics. Like, so it's kind of, it's almost sort of appropriate that their, their, their movie franchise wound up being segregated apart from the MCU because in the comics, even though they were all in the same universe in the comics, the X-Men definitely had like their own thing going on. Um, and they would still have crossovers and stuff with Spider-Man and the Avengers and whatnot, but it was like the, the X-Men had their own family of titles that were kind of off doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So I, I followed a little bit of what was going on with them back then through my, my friend um, and, and also the animated series from the 90s. And based on that, I did not expect that the first X-Men movie would open with a scene in a concentration camp. Nope. <laughs> like that was just that was not something I expected. Um, but I like the idea of that. I think the, the the intention of that to ground it in reality works and to have, you know, the 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 um Magneto's superpower come out in this moment of, of ultimate trauma is 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 a good idea and and also you know lets us see that you know magneto isn't necessarily evil i mean he has some really really horrible intentions and the result of his plans would be terrible and he has a really shitty attitude toward non-mutants but he kind of comes by it honestly like the dude was holocausted <laughs> you mm -hmm. know like you can kind of understand why he might not be so thrilled like there's that scene with him and Rogue in the Statue of Liberty when he tells her, you know, that he's going to kill her. And he asks her if she's ever seen the Statue of Liberty before. And she's like, no, it's my first time. And uh, he says, I first saw her back when I, in 1949, when I came here from Germany. And uh, America was supposed to be the land of tolerance. <laughs> and he delivers that with like when this sort of... When was that ever true? Yeah, well, that's what he delivers it kind of ruefully, you know. Yeah, like when I, I know when he I, does. Like when I came here, America was going to be the land of tolerance. And it's like, you know, we see how that turned out. Um, you know, so, and it, it's, it's a superhero movie that is at least trying to mean something and say something. And mm -hmm. I don't think, I don't think it always succeeds with that, but there's an intention and an effort there. And that's a lot more common now. It was less common in the year 2000 when we were only three years removed from Batman and Robin and the artistic aspirations of most superhero films were not nearly as lofty. Um, the cast is great. Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen, despite their noted lack of chess playing skills, um, have they, they are, are able are able to create this sense of like this very long standing, very complicated relationship. They're enemies, but they're also friends. It's obvious that some shit has gone down between them. And in later films, we actually see some of that. But here we don't need to see it. We have everything we need through their performances. Um, McKellen in particular is really good as Magneto. He does so much with his face and his voice. Mm -hmm. um, the menace, the, the coldness that he's able to communicate with a look or with an inflection of his voice. He's really fantastic. But the standout is also the great discovery of the movie, and that's Hugh Jackman. Um, he became a movie star after this, and he deserved sure. it. He deserved every bit of it and more, I think, because he's outstanding. I remember when he was first announced, this Australian guy who nobody in the U.S. had ever heard of, this guy who'd done musical theater, this guy who was a foot taller than the character in the comics. Mm -hmm. It was like Michael Keaton all over again. There was a very vocal segment of the fan base that was eager to reject him, rooting for him to fail. And then the movie came out and he shoved all of that back down their throats. Like you, you walk into the theater thinking, I can't believe they cast this guy Jackman as Wolverine. And when you walk out, you can't imagine anyone else ever playing that role. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he's great. I mean, he's. Yeah. You mean the problem that Disney is having right now? Exactly. Yes. I mean, because he he is the definitive guy, and it's not. I mean, and also, I mean, he's played him so many times by this point. Like, it's not just he played Wolverine in two or three, you know, well-regarded movies. Like, he's played Wolverine in so many goddamn movies now that it's like, now we're gonna get somebody else, <laughs> you know? Um, not for a while. And and there's so much goodwill toward him. Like, it's like we people like him as Wolverine. Like, he's still well-regarded guarded in that role um and i mean the thing is eventually someone else will play him like eventually they'll sure. cast they'll cast another actor to play wolverine and you know given the right the right story and the right circumstances i'm sure there will be other actors who will be good or even great as wolverine but they'll be starting out in hugh jackman's shadow just the same as every actor who plays Superman starts out in Christopher Reeve's shadow. Like Jackman is that good. He's that level of definitive with the role. And he elevates this movie. Like as good as Patrick Stewart is and as good as Ian McKellen is, as good as really as everybody is, even though a lot of them don't have much to work with. Like poor James Marsden has nothing to work with as Cyclops. He does as best as anybody probably could have. I mean, the cast is all fine. But if Hugh Jackman was not in this movie, I don't think we would be talking about it. I mean, I think his Wolverine holds it together and and elevates the whole thing. So it's not a great movie, but I do think it's a good movie. I don't think it's even the best X-Men movie, um, but it, it functions for its franchise the same way that Iron Man does for the MCU. It sets the tone. It establishes some of the most important people. It tells us um, a story while still leaving stuff on the table for future movies so that if we like this, we can rest easy that there's plenty more where this came from. And uh, yeah, it's not the best superhero movie. It was quickly eclipsed by better films including its own sequel um but it's certainly one of the most important superhero movies and i recommend it so there you go great (laughs) so the movie's fine (laughs) (laughs) it's fine i'm not gonna not recommend it i mean here's the thing um Compared to the superhero movies now, it's really not a fair comparison because no one knew what they were doing in 2000. <laughs> they just fucking didn't. Yeah, they were. There's still all that hesitancy as a well, we're not going to put them in the comic book costumes because that would be silly. It yeah. took us 20 years to figure out we don't give a shit. Okay, that you can put them in whatever costumes you want. Okay, it's comic book accurate, whatever. But this kind of set the tone of well, things have to be realistic, so we're going to put them in black jumpsuits. Let me let me let me get this straight. You're talking about a group of mutants who live at a mansion that <laughs> teaches other mutants that has a a black hawk underneath the basketball court that they fly around in and fight other mutants in, and you guys had a problem with their costumes. <laughs> right. That would just be too silly. The only thing, the, the, the weakest part about this movie is, is there's a lot of talking going on. There's long stretches of people talking at each other and no character development. The only person that gets kind of character development is is Wolverine, but it's not anything terribly insightful because, uh-oh, he's got amnesia, and yeah. so that's the, that's the thing. We're not going to find out anything about his past or about what he's been through. He's, you know, the prototypical man with a past... Who, who I guess is a good guy. They throw in the whole thing with Gene because, one, it's in the comic books, and I guess that passes for character development, even though 
nothing happens. They flirt with each other. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Any time that they could have spent letting us get to know any other character would have been greatly appreciated. Who's Storm? Other than lady with white hair that runs around and says things like, the senator's dead, or you've got to come see this, or whatever else she says. <coughs> She's got, she can control the weather, but we have no scenes about her and how she feels about the shit that's going on, right? Yeah, right. Same thing with Jean. Aside from, I'm a girlfriend, and also a doctor, I guess? Um... There's nothing there. I mean, these are some of the most boring characters ever presented, so of course Wolverine's going to stand out because he's the only guy that's got a little spice to him. Everybody <laughs> else is a smear mayonnaise straight across this fucking thing. The rest of the X-Men are completely forgettable because we've been given nothing for us to consider to consider them being fleshed-out characters that we give a shit about. Right. All of the other X-Men could have died in the Statue of Liberty, and it wouldn't have mattered because I had no emotional connection to anyone. Emotional connection to Rogue because she's going through some shit and she's a little kid. Well, I mean, she's a teenager. Some connection to Wolverine. I mean, this could have been the Wolverine and Rogue show, and everybody else were exposition machines, and that was about it. The movie's short because no one gave a shit about the script. <laughs> Not even a little bit. They're like, okay, here's the things we need to put in an X-Men movie. There's a long stretch here where nothing happens. I don't care. <laughs> How many times can we have it so that Wolverine wakes up on a hospital bed? I don't know. Is it four in this one? It's three or four, yeah. yeah. He arrives on a hospital bed. Rogue puts him in a hospital bed, and then I think it's the last time he comes back on a hospital bed. So three times. My biggest problem with the movie is that now, I remember when it came out and everyone was like, yay, the X-Men, yay, a movie based on a comic that I read and I'm familiar with, yay. But now watching it, it's like, oh, okay, so yeah, this happened. <laughs> I, I think There's, it was it was overrated by a lot of people at the time, especially comic book fans, because it wasn't terrible. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't awful. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't. They didn't do it campy, which they could have done. Right, they could have done it campy. There's there's some humor in it that is fine, but there are no jokey jokes or anything like that. I agree. The performances are fine, given what they've been asked to do. Right. Lots of people like to say, "Oh, well, the analogy is about." Take your pick. <laughs> Take it could your be pick. anything, really. <laughs> Immigrants, gay people, whatever. Those were present in the comic, right? So they weren't massive revelations to me when they appeared here. Opening with Auschwitz was gutsy. I'll tell you that much. Um, but it also raises some questions about Eric, about Magneto, someone who experienced that kind of segregation now wants to destroy all of humanity, which would include his parents, if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> because he, his argument is is that we're the, in the next step in evolution. Gee, doesn't that sound familiar? What does yeah. that sound familiar like? That sounds like a Nazi. Sounds like Nazi so talk. So it's a little weird to have a Jewish antagonist 
adopting Nazi principles. Right, yeah. Steve? Yes, absolutely. And before anybody pipes up with, well, they talk about that a little bit in X-Men First Class, that movie doesn't exist yet. Yeah, that movie doesn't exist We're not yet. talking about that movie. <laughs> None of those other movies exist yet. What we're talking we have about, right now... Yeah, we're talking about the implications of this movie. Right. So, I mean, the, the movie's fine. The movie's fine. There's some stuff in there that that is fun, but I mean, if you're going back to watch it for the first time, get prepared to maybe not get invested in any of the characters. Not really, except for Wolverine. And like I said, it's a big surprise. This whole script is centered around Wolverine, with the exception of the fake-out word. Oh, no, he actually wants Rogue. It's like, okay, yeah, great. <laughs> And then we have the the dippy villain plot yep. that, you know, they have to stop. None of the action sequences are fun. I know that they're like real people, not CGI things fighting, but the fight scenes aren't f- aren't filmed well. And they're confusing and weird. They cut too much. I don't think Singer knows how to shoot action or fights to making them compelling, really. So that didn't really engage me. You know, they could have put anybody as Scott or Gene or Storm because they've got nothing in this movie. So um, I'm not going to go on as long as Steve or go into my history with the X-Men franchise. But I mean, I, I actually await to see what someone else will do with this um, with this brand. I want to yeah. see what they'll do with it. Now that it's out, now that we're more com- comfortable with comic tropes, how much different. I hope to God they get someone who knows how to write for an ensemble cast, because this movie didn't. This oh, no. movie was like, here's some guy, here's some mannequins that wander around the mansion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. So I'm gonna be my my review is no. Nah. It's not <laughs> bad. I mean, I'm never watching it again. So yeah. it doesn't. I mean, you, you and Steve just do your not recommend. Well, I, I will. I just want to add on to something you said there at the end. I am also, I'm really curious to see when Marvel Studios does actually pick this up again and do some new version of it. I am mm-hmm. really curious to see what that looks like because for all like the, this X Men franchise that we're talking about here. I mean, definitely had some ups and downs in terms of quality. There are mm-hmm. some, like there, there are some very, very good movies in this series, and there are some absolutely awful movies in this series. And but it it ran for a long time. It was really popular and really well known. And to see to, to you know, and I think the the current plan, the, the last I heard, the plan was to just start over, to not incorporate any of this version of the X Men into the MCU. Mm-hmm to just do a completely fresh take. So I'm really curious to see uh, how that will go because you're right, if if you look at the comics, I mean, there are so many different directions they could take it because there's, you know, there are X-Men comics that are very, that are very sort of grounded and down to earth. And there are X-Men comics where they're like just flying into outer space and fighting That's aliens. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, so there's all kinds of ways they could go that would also fit with the MCU because the MCU has had that breadth of tones as well, where they have, right. you know, they have stuff like Hawkeye and they have stuff like Guardians of the Galaxy where they're off on the other side of the universe and it's all part of the same thing. So the mm-hmm. X-Men could be any any one of those or all of those. Um, yeah, and don't forget the Eternals. Yeah, Disney's Mar- going to. Disney's going to forget right Marvel, about them. Marvel is saying, please don't forget the Eternals. It was supposed the to be. The Eternals will not be back. <laughs> the Eternals will not be back. 
Um, anyway, my not recommendation. Mm-hmm. Well, as I said, the X-Men franchise had its ups and downs. The first one was kind of an ah, uh, kind of like a promising pilot episode. Not super great, but like good, you know. Like, I'll see another one. The second one, X2, uh, was, was better, and I think a lot of people consider that one of the, the high points of the series. But then we come to the movie I'm going to not recommend, which is the, oh. which is the third X-Men movie mm-hmm. titled X-Men The Last Stand. That's right. It was not the last X-Men movie by a long no. shot, but it almost was <laughs> because it was so, so bad. And one of the reasons it was bad was because they hired a guy to direct it who fortunately, as far as I know, is not a horrible sex criminal. So he's got True. that going for him. But the, the bad part is that it was Brett Ratner, mm-hmm. who is basically, whenever Brett Ratner gets hired to direct a movie, that's, that's the, the movie studio going, look, we don't care. We just want to have a finished movie. Like, that's when you hire Brett Ratner, because there's no artistic value to anything <laughs> the guy has ever done. He is, he is the definition of a journeyman hack filmmaker. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he made the Rush Hour movies, which are good because of Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. Like, he just basically made those and stayed out of their way, and they turned out pretty good. Or at least mm-hmm. the, fir- the first one did. Um, you know, but he... So, Brett Ratner directed X-Men 3, The Last Stand. It's terrible. It's bad even for a bad X-Men movie. I think most people would agree it's the worst X-Men movie. I know a lot of people really didn't like the last one either, but I don't think the last one was as bad as this one was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know... Uh, if if you are at all familiar with the X-Men movies, you probably already know about X-Men The Last Stand. You've probably seen it and regretted it. So, you know, it's it's a really, really half-assed attempt to adapt one of the great X-Men comic book stories, the Dark Phoenix Saga. Um, and it doesn't do such a good job with that. Which was a mistake. Which was a mistake anyway. It's, yeah, and also, and the other one, the, the last one, the, the, the one that finally did kill the franchise, uh, was uh, based on the same story, was another attempt to adapt the Dark Phoenix saga and also was a huge failure. So You're forgetting about the Dark Phoenix movie, Steve. Dark Phoenix, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, oh, okay. That was the last one. Dark Phoenix, X-Men Dark Phoenix was the last one. And it's not good either. <laughs> like it's really not good either. Uh, but I, but I still think it's maybe a smidge better than this one. So my my not recommendation is for my money the worst of all the X Men movies they have made to date. X Men: The Last Stand. Don't see it. It's bad. Hooray! Hey guys, as you know, I like to not recommend a movie from the same year as the movie that we just reviewed, and it's the year two thousand. <laughs> and the movie that I'm not going to recommend recommend comes from a. A well-known director, Brian De Palma, Ooh. working in a genre that he'd never worked in before and probably should never attempt to work in again because this movie is a piece of shit and is so bad that I laughed out loud when I watched it at parts that I'm not supposed to laugh out loud about. It's not so bad, it's good. It's just bad. The movie that I'm going to not recommend is a movie called Mission to Mars. Oh, damn. Starring Gary Sinise, Don Cheadle, and Tim Robbins. Yep, he got those guys to be in it. Yep. And the script is awful. The special effects are terrible. It li- literally makes no sense. These astronauts have to go to Mars because of a thing. <laughs> I don't know. The last line in the movie is, you go, buddy, or something like that. 
<sighs> it's just wow. it's just yeah. cringy. It's it's just you you feel bad for the people that are in it. And so don't see it. Mission to Mars. Hey Steve. Yeah, man. Now it's time for you to make a terrible choice. I thought you were going to say that. We're going back to a genre we haven't been to in a while. Oh boy. Westerns. Oh, hell yeah. For the uninitiated, this is the time where I have picked three movies. Steve does not know what those movies are. He must choose between A, B, or C, and that will be the next movie that we're going to review. And so now, Steve has been primed. Yes. I have. Uh, he is allowed to open up his treat box, because we've made it this far <laughs> in, 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 in the podcast. And he then gets to make a selection, and then the treat box B opens, and he's allowed to have a treat after that. Oh, so, boy. Steve, are you, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. A, B, or C? Well, since it's a Western, I'm going to go with B. <laughs> Wait, what? Because the best Westerns are B movies. You got no, your, Clint, your, your Clint Eastwood spaghetti westerns? Those are B movies. Those are, B, those are not B movies. Those are, That's art. Are you telling me oh, that the, the Sergio oh, no. Leone... They're, they're great they're great movies but just in terms yes. of like the budget and stuff oh you know. okay well you don't know how much that is in italian money i don't it's probably like a million trillion lira or something it's like three quarters of the italian uh <laughs> country's budget i think sergio leone still owns most of italy <laughs> all right you chose b had you chosen a we would have watched the enjoyable but for different reasons Tombstone. Ah, that would have been a good one. Yep. Had you chosen C, we would have watched the classic Western, High Noon. Ooh, yeah. But instead, you chose B, which is a deconstruction of deconstruction movies (laughs) that this actor and director made back in the day. The movie we're going to watch is the extraordinarily good Unforgiven. Oh, I'm so happy right now. Finally. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> After all of these years saying, we're going to do Unforgiven, don't you worry about it. Finally, we're doing it. Yes. So, if you guys want to get all the jokes that we're going to make about cutting up whores or killing people, <laughs> <laughs> then please watch Unforgiven before we drop another podcast. And that's it. We're done. We're done. Goodbye, X2. Goodbye, Mr. Singer. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say farewell, but no, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, fuck off. I'm sorry, I didn't mean goodbye. Fuck off, Mr. Singer. That's it, we're done. (sighs) But thanks for listening, you guys. For late seating, this is Jason Harding, and go see a movie this week. And this is Steve Shives. Whatever you do, don't hit him in the balls. What? Hit who in the balls? Him. Who who am I hitting in the balls? Just, well, you're not hitting anybody in the balls. I said don't hit him in the balls. Okay, but, but, uh, okay, but that kind of goes around, I just don't walk around hitting people in the balls. Well, then you'll be fine. But why do you need to tell me that? What about my personality makes you think that I'd be the type of person that would walk around, hey, buddy, boom. Just don't, okay, you don't want to do that. No, I'm saying I don't do that already. Okay. You don't need to tell me well, to not good. do it. Well, don't do it. What I'm saying is, what if? Okay, you you know you're, you're walking down the sidewalk. You're you're going sure. through you're going through Walmart, whatever. You're not like hitting people yeah. in the balls. What if? No. You, what if you suddenly found yourself locked in like I don't know a cage? Okay. And there's this guy across the cage from you, and you're gonna fight this guy. Okay. Don't right? don't whatever you do, don't hit him in the balls. No, that's when I punch him in the throat. And then he, you, you collapse the trachea, okay. and then he, 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 
he dies from asphyxiation. Well, as long as you don't hit him in the balls. Okay, so that's fine. Crush his throat Outright if you can. Murdering that's someone fine. is fine. Well, yeah. Don't well, it's hit not. Me. It's not murder. It's during a sporting event, so it's not can murder. I, can I hit the corpse in the balls after? Is that allowable? That's not sportsmanlike. Why would you do that? If I just go to town on the on the dead body. And I put on like some steel-toed boots, and I'm just like. I mean, if the fight's over at that point and he's dead, I guess I don't see a problem with it. But at this point, it feels like you're sort of working through a personal issue. What? What kind of personal issue? Maybe it's because I feel insulted because my best friend thinks that I'm the type of person that's going to go around hitting people in the balls all the time. I'm just looking. How'd you like it if I just out of the blue said, "Hey, Steve, you know what?" Yeah. Don't grope the woman's boobs. You'll just make them angry. I would say thank you for the tip. I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to do it, but I would appreciate your concern. Because I think you're the type of person that would do it. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. You might not think I'm the type of person that would do it. You might just be, you know, making sure. I wish someone had told me not to do the podcast with him. (laughs) Oh. Since I didn't realize we'd have so many rules. Don't kick someone in the balls. Don't grope somebody's tent. I mean, any you, other rules you want to put in force on the on the podcast? Don't jack off in front of people. What? For the last time, please don't. Why? You explain to me why that's bad. You can't. <laughs> I, all right, fine. We've both agreed we're going to do it, but we're going to do it together all right, at the same time. <laughs> that's right. Okay. As soon as, as so so as soon as as soon as we're done recording this, and as soon as we turn off the video for the patrons, we're going to start that's jerking right. off. Okay. Right. Like at o- the grocery store, just like always. Like best friends. Like best friends do. <laughs> okay, bye everybody. <laughs> bye everybody. Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Let Me Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash lemmelisten. And... Thanks for listening.